0: or not one, the first paid coach mentor we had um, years ago when we started into in real estate. And it's uh, Greg Dickerson. Greg is somebody that is, um, I mean, he he knows a lot about a lot, you know, and, and it's not just from studying it. He has actually put everything he knows into practice um, and, and he'll get into it in the episode. But, um, you know, he, he has a big coaching mentor, mentorship uh, platform involved with a lot of real estate development deals as a contractor, bought and sold tons of businesses. Um, and, you know, I thought he brought, obviously, which I knew he would, but a lot of good practical nuggets, um, just to whether you're starting out in real estate, thinking about it, or a seasoned real estate investor. Um, so, Tim, um, I know you got to sit in and uh, listen listen to the interview. What, um, what takeaways did you get from Greg?
1: Yeah, so I had never met Greg before. Um, you know, I'd done a little bit of research on him, but um, I had never met him prior to uh, the podcast. And one of the things that really stuck out for me, besides the fact that, you know, whatever he does, he goes all into, very knowledgeable. But one of the things that stuck out for me was um, he had mentioned about opening up a gymnastics studio, kind of like his kids were involved in it. He had opened up the studio and because his kids were passionate about it, he wanted to go all in with his kids, be there for his kids, give whatever his kids wanted. And he had also made several references to just being there constantly, coaching his kids teams and just always being involved. And that really stuck out to me. And um, yeah, it was interesting and exciting to learn more about his story.
0: Yep, very good. And, and Bill, like I said, you you got to know Greg a couple years ago, as I did, um, but You know, it was was our first time catching up with him in a while. So what takeaways did you have just from Greg in general, you know?
1: Yeah. So, you know, Greg, as you mentioned, was one of our early mentors. And I think he was the one for me that really just opened my eyes to to really what's possible, really, when you get out there in the entrepreneur world and and doing things on your own. And we would have and I remember it. We would have calls with him around lunchtime. So I would go from my W two job at the at the time and go sit in my truck in the parking lot and we'd get on the get on a Facetime call with with Greg and just go through things. And within those you know simple quick calls, there was always actionable items and and that's really what what Greg is and does is he's got lots of ideas and lots of things that can help you grow as an entrepreneur. But he's all about action, right? It's yeah. just go go out and do it, right? Yeah. This is this is what you need to do. You know what you need to do go do it and next time we talk show me what you did and how you did it and right and go on no nonsense
0: yeah. yeah no nonsense just a, a very very structured approach to everything um, so we'll we'll go ahead and hop into the interview I uh, hope you guys enjoy you know Greg's uh, just his his insights and perspective around a lot of things uh, as much as we did and um, we'll turn it over to the interview now. All right. Greg Dickerson, thanks for joining us on Burning the Boats. Hey, Jason. Thanks for having me. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. It's been a while since we've caught up. Um, I'll kind of, you know, start things off with um, I'll introduce you first. And and a lot of times, you know, on these podcasts, um, I run through everybody's resume. Well, you're you're one with a resume that is. 30 plus years long and we'd be here for two hours going through all that. So I'll touch on a few things at a high level and then I'll turn it over to you to kind of, uh, you know, pick and choose what you want to elaborate on. But Greg Dickerson um, is a, a, you know, based off how you describe it, and I love it, a serial entrepreneur. I love that. Um, you've uh, transacted on over $250 million in real estate from what I remember. Um, and you have started and exited, numerous businesses. Um, you also have a, um, a coaching and mentorship uh, course, which is where you and I met. Um, so we'll get into that a little bit. Um, you have basically, you know, most folks we run into through real estate, they have a couple niches that they are quote unquote experts in. You're through your self-education you have become an expert just about in every niche of real estate and beyond you know when you get into finance and
2: you know cryptocurrency and all of that i know you not just education but practice so yeah. experience yep. doing it started with education then it was putting that education into practice and doing deals starting out and i guess we'll get into the history but that 250 million you're talking about that was just me my own money no investors no partners that was me alone I did that deal volume in about seven years. So I'm a serial entrepreneur, meaning I start multiple companies, exit them. So my business philosophy has always been, I love burn the bridges, right? When I left the W2 world and burned that bridge and decided I'm going to be an entrepreneur, this is what I'm going to do. I read Rich Dad, Poor Dad. And you know what I got out of that book was I wanted to be Rich Dad. I wanted to be the guy that was building the businesses, you know, coaching and mentoring, leading, delegating, motivating, and reinvesting in other assets. So my whole business philosophy has been make the most amount of money with the least amount of time energy and effort possible generate cash flowing business businesses or generate multiple streams of cash flow to invest in other assets and compound and grow from there so that's what i did so i was an entrepreneur first i just happened to be in the construction industry as an entrepreneur built 12 other companies around and you know ancillary to the construction industry except for some restaurants retail and a gymnastics, cheerleading, and trampoline school. That was one of my businesses. It was a passion project that ended up, you know, I ended up taking it nonprofit and donating, you know, half a million dollars to that whole cause. But, uh, you know, that was my philosophy and my path forward when I got into real estate. Where's the biggest, best money in real estate? In, as a developer. It's the most risky, but it has the highest return, highest rewards. Again, most amount of money, least amount of time, energy, and effort possible. It may sound like a lot of time, energy, and effort, but when you're an expert at what you do, you know, you mitigate a lot of that risk and it's just part of what you do. So building companies, you know, developing real estate and then, you know, moving into markets in crypto, you know, which, which I do more of now than I've ever done in my career. Um, you know, it's all about leveraging, you know, those resources and those assets into other investment opportunities and diversifying because it used to be the most millionaires and the most wealth was created through real estate in the history of time. Well, that's switched in the last few years. The number one wealth creator now is finance. Number two is tech. So stock markets, you know companies, tech companies. Um, you know crypto is part of finance. and number three is real estate. So real estate's dropped from number one to number three, but the number one place where wealth is stored and warehoused is real estate. So those have been my three vehicles throughout time in my philosophy. You know, just to kind of qualify that a little bit. So, yeah, yeah education I've, I've, first. Then you put that into action. You burn that bridge. You make a decision. You commit, and then you go out and do it. And that was my decision: build businesses that generate cash flow to invest in other assets, grow and compound from there. Yeah, and and I um, and I encourage everybody. You know, we'll
0: um, and and at at the end of the podcast, we'll have in the show notes all of Greg's information, his website, uh, social media. Um, so definitely check him out because. That and Greg, I'll, I'll kind of get into this. That you know, the way I connected with you um, is really through the Outer Banks. So I was, um, I think I was on bigger pockets and I was uh, just searching. I think I did a search for just Outer Banks, North Carolina, just to see what forums and chats were going on around that. And I saw you with several comments on there. So I reached out and um, and then we, we ended up, you, you did some coaching and mentoring for Bill Phillips and I. Um, and one thing that was very clear to me, very apparent, you know, this is, you live for this, like, this is not, this is, you know, a lot of people use real estate, um, and whatever business they're in as kind of the tool to provide a life or whatever. You actually, you, you geek out on this stuff. You actually live it every day. So like when you're not involved in your businesses and when you're not, coaching, you're listening to podcasts, you're reading books, you're constantly educating yourself and to your point, then you apply that, whether it's taking action yourself, which you do, or coaching folks based off of your expertise and and what you've learned. So we saw that very quickly um and and a lot of the um a lot of the mindset stuff that you were were teaching Bill and I early on. And at that time we were we were full time W-2 employees. Um, So our what we were looking to get out of it was just to get started like that. We had already gotten started. We at the time, I think we owned probably 20 rental houses. And uh, so but what you did probably in a subtle way, but one of the first conversations we had, something you said to me, my plan at that point of connecting with you was not to leave my W-2 career right away. You know, it was a kind of a 10 year, 15 year plan, retire in my early 50s kind of deal. Well, our first conversation, and I'm sure you don't remember it, but you you said, I, you know, I can help you. I can figure, you know, help you come up with actions and a systematic way to supplement your W-2. But I can also, when you're ready, show you how you can leave your W-2 tomorrow and, and lean into real estate. And I kind of stored that in the back of my head. And then ultimately it led, you know, to me. Taking some action off that, educating myself further. And I and I did leave my job about a year and a half after you and I first talked. So uh so I appreciate that. But um one thing that you always um in, in all the podcasts I listen to, all the talks we had, you describe yourself as a leader, delegator, motivator. So so lean in on that and talk about that. That's kind of a mindset you have, and I love it. So I'd love to hear your thoughts elaborate yeah. on that.
2: It is. And again, it goes back to rich dad, poor dad, right? So in order to compound, so you only have so much time in a day, you only so much have so much energy, you know, that you can expend in a day. So in order to really grow and scale exponentially, uh, you know, so for me, my long story short, started, you know, my entrepreneurial full-time entrepreneurial journey in 1997, didn't go to college, went to the Navy right out of high school and, you know, worked a few jobs after the Navy. Um, I did retail in the Navy. Uh, and then, you know, in 1997, I decided to exit the W2 world. I was managing restaurants. I was a, you know, regional manager for for a steakhouse chain, and moved to the Outer Banks of North Carolina. I wanted to open my own restaurant, um, so I decided to make that transition. Uh, worked in the restaurant industry down there the first season. Didn't like it. Decided that I wanted to start carving my own path. I was trying to get some work done on my house. Nobody would call me back uh, to get work done. Where there's a problem, there's an opportunity. You know, I had some skills because the only two things I had done all through school and uh, after the Navy were construction and restaurants. So I had some construction skills and uh, I said, well, if nobody's calling me back, that means there's demand out there for services. So uh, I created a little like right know, now, yeah, you know, created a little right remodeling now. handyman yeah. company. So here's the key to leader, delegator, motivator. OK, I started in 1997. I started as a little remodeling handyman company. It was just me, my truck and tools. Uh, I did two hundred fifty thousand in revenues my first year. Seven years later, I was one of the largest builder developers down there, doing the 30 million a year. I built and and started and scaled 12 other companies along the way. During that seven-year period, that was where the big first initial 250 million happened. I've done hundreds of millions beyond that. So that was the first initial with my own money, um, and building and scaling and exiting, you know, a dozen different companies. I was also on the board of several nonprofits. You know, coaching every sport my kids played. I had two girls growing up at the time my third one came on came along a little later after i'd already retired basically from you know full-time running anything um but i coached my first two youngest kids from 1997 on until 0405 when i sold my first company um you know when my third child was born uh all their sports i never missed any events at their school i was home every night for dinner i had weekends off we took three four weeks a year on vacation while i did all that building all those companies doing all those real estate deals you know volunteering I was a leader at my church on the you know chairman of the board of trustees teaching Sunday school you know again volunteering and on the boards of several nonprofits why was I able to do all that and build a huge company you know relative to my skill set and where I was it was a big company it's not you know Tesla or Apple or anything like that but for somebody who didn't graduate high school had no formal training or education nobody in my family were entrepreneurs none of my family except my dad after a 20 year career in the military He did get his college degree. My mom worked for Blue Cross and Blue Shield for 30 years. Totally self-made. Had no mentors, no financing, no backers, no nothing. I financed through credit cards and cash flow. That's how I grew my businesses until I became bankable. I couldn't even get a loan from a bank to do real estate deals or do business when I first started out. I had to use credit cards and I had to use the money that I went out on my first remodel job to buy more tools and then went from there. My first job was $500. You know, I built a little deck for somebody, and then I was doing just little odds and ends jobs. So literally built it all from scratch through hard work, hustle, and like you said, educating, developing myself. But in order to grow and scale, you have to you have to be a great leader. You have to be able to recruit, hire, train, lead, delegate, motivate um, people. So you have to become you know a leader, delegator, motivator. So in terms of scaling business, scaling companies, scaling your investments, you know you have to become. What you are not, you have to surround yourself with who you are not and what you don't have. And you have to build a business that can become what it is you're trying to create. You know, so who do you need to become? Who do you need to surround yourself with? What are the resources you need? And what does your company need to look like in order for you to scale? So I found fa- I found great people, I found champions and I coached them to success. I didn't work in any of my companies, you know, after a certain period. After the first few years, I worked over, you know, all of the companies with my people, with my team, and I coached them to success. And I let them make the decisions, I let them make mistakes, and I coached them. So, you know, I've been a coach, you know, my whole career and a mentor my whole career with all of the people in my companies. And the things that I did not know was number one, I recognized I didn't know what I didn't know. And I knew that all I knew is what I knew. And I found other people who had been successful where I wanted to go. And I surrounded myself with them. Um, I either did deals with them, you know, other developers and investors that were coming to my area doing deals or, and, you know, when it came to business, I hired people. So I'd never built a house before I built a house. So I went and hired people that were down there building houses for 15 and 20 years at the highest levels to come work with me to build this great company together. And, you know, that's what I did. So that's how I scaled that company. And the only way you could do that is you have to be a leader. Number one, right. Leader sets the pace of the pack. Number two, you have to be a delegator. You have to be willing to let go of control and delegate. And number three, you got to be a motivator because, you know, in order to push a great team to success, you got everybody's got to be motivated and not in a manipulative way. It's got to be sincere, caring motivation. You got to be sincerely interested in the success of other people. So, my whole goal in business and in life has been to create opportunities for other people to be successful because a rising tide lifts all boats. So, if we're all successful together, Then ultimately I'm going to be successful too. And that's not manipulative. That's just wanting a win for everybody. So that, you know, as people grew and became successful, and you've experienced in your life, and you know, like you said, that one phone call, which is many, I hear that all the time from everybody I work with. One phone call, one conversation. That's all it took to completely change their lives. You've been able to now impact and give back and spend your time and your life the way you want. You call the shots now. You can do what you do anywhere in the world, from anywhere in the world, whenever you want, however you want, because now you've done the same thing. You've evolved to that level <clears throat> where you're leading, delegating, motivating, creating team systems, tools, and, um, you know, scaling and leveraging off of those. So, yeah. you know. It, man, and, and it's
0: like I could go on for hours about this, and, and it's a – you said something – In one of our conversations, because it wasn't just, it was the one conversation, but that led to us. I I think we worked with you for about two months um, and and through some coaching stuff, we had weekly calls and whatnot. Um, I remember you one time saying, you know, you, you built this and ended up selling this 30 plus million dollar construction company. And to this day, you still couldn't frame a house, you know, and that, that really hit home that point you just made, like You. You led your way to find the folks that, that, you know, the who to do the how. And you you not only had that mindset, but you put it into action. And then that led to you. Um, and I, if I'm not mistaken, most of the businesses you, you built up and exited were
2: um, kind of, businesses are tied into your construction, your main business. Is that correct? Yeah, a lot of them were, you know, and here's the key there. Like you said, I'd never built, I'd never built a house before we did. I still, to this day, don't know how to frame a house. Not right. gonna read blueprints. And I know how it all goes together and all that, but I don't know how to lay out a set of stairs or cut rafters or do any of that kind of stuff. So, you know, the key is to surround yourself with experts, with people that, you know, know how to do what it is that you want to do, that know how to get you know, and have been where you're looking to go. And, you know, I didn't I didn't know how to build a company before I built a company, right? I didn't know how to scale to 30 million until I scaled to 30 million. So that a lot of times is what stops a lot of people. They're like, I just don't know how to do it. Whatever it is you want to do, there's always somebody that's gone before you. Go learn from them, hire them, you know, hire them to work for you, hire them as a coach and a mentor. You know, there's no excuse if there's something you want to do there's somebody that's gone before you that's done it. All you got to do is go look at what they've done and reverse engineer the steps and follow the steps. The blueprints yeah. are out there all over the place. You know, what it really comes down to, and I love, again, burn, burn the bridge. What it comes down to is that decision. There's another journey in my life as well. I used to be 80 pounds overweight and I was a lifelong smoker. I started smoking. I had, this,
0: a, I had this on my list of topics. I wanted to go yeah, here. So I'm I started here. smoking as a kid, right? Yeah. You know,
2: w- early late elementary school early middle school my parents were smokers i grew up 60s 70s i was born in the 60s grew up in the 70s everybody smoked so you know, i smoked in the house of my parents as like a 12 year old kid if you can believe that they bought my cigarettes so anyways lifelong smoker and i was always healthy in shape i'm a surfer i was into martial arts as a kid and all that but when i got when i got married and uh you know when i stopped working in the field when i evolved from you know working in the field I didn't stop eating like an athlete and, you know, like a young person and the weight caught up with me and I love sweets. I'm a sweets junkie. So I put on, you know, 80 pounds and I decided in 2004 that I was going to quit smoking and lose weight at the same time because I wanted to surf. I wanted to be healthy. I wanted to be there for my kids and my kids were picking on me. You know, my, one of my youngest daughters at the time came up and poked me in the belly one day and dad, you're fat. So I said, oh. all right, that's it. My kids and my neighbor's kids, they were all on me to quit smoking. I didn't smoke in the house or around them or any of that, but they knew I smoked. And they all wanted me to quit smoking. So in 2004, I made the decision. I burned the bridge, right? Now, you don't want to burn good bridges, but you, you know, burn the right. ship. You know, Just call it right. burn the ship, right? So I decided that that was it. I was going to make a commitment. I made up my mind. I'm going to quit smoking. And I'm going to lose weight because usually when you quit smoking, you gain weight. And I was already busting out of 38s where I should be in a set of, you know, 32s, 33s. And, you know, I was like, I am not going into a 40 because if I go into a 40, there's no turning back. Yeah. And I had a neighbor that lived next door to me that owned the Dairy Queens at a couple of hotels down on the beach. And he was like five, 600 pounds. And I was like, if I don't stop now, I could potentially end up like that because I love food. I love to eat, man. I'm a big eater. So I had to change my lifestyle. I had to make that commitment, change my lifestyle and do all that. So back to what I was originally saying, if there's something you want to do, it starts, you don't need resources, money, education. You don't need any of that. You need a commitment. You got to burn the bridge. You got to make a decision, say, this is what I want. This is what I'm going to do. This is what I want my life to look like. If you're not where you want to be in your life, it's because it's exactly where you want to be. If you're not, where you want to be in your life, in every area of your life, it's because you've made a decision that that is where you want to be. So you got to make a different decision if you want to be somewhere else different. You got to make that decision, make that commitment. And if you want it bad enough, then you'll find the resources. Then you'll get the education. Then you'll surround yourself. You will do whatever it takes morally, legally, and ethically to get to that goal if you commit to it. And it starts with the decision. You got to burn the bridge, make the decision. This wasn't the whole burn the bridge. You know, I just, I love that because that's what you got to do. And you got to decide where it is you want to be. Then you got to find what the success look like, right? Where is it that I want to be? Who can I emulate? And then you hire them, you work with them, you do deals with them, whatever it takes and reverse engineer the steps and go get it. There's absolutely no excuse in this day and age for not achieving the goals you want to achieve. Yeah, and so the and the, the name "burning the
0: boats" came from a conversation.
2: Um, Burning the I boats. Had, I kept saying yeah. bridge. Burning the oh, boats. Oh, you're
0: fine. You're fine. But it it came from a conversation with that that I had with a in my former career with one of the executives. We were at a conference and we were just over over drinks after meetings one night. And I don't remember what we were talking about specifically, but I remember him looking right at me. He said, "You never want to burn the boats in your life." You, you, you don't want to get rid of that security just to try to take risks. And as soon as he said it, it did not resonate with me. I was like, no, that's exactly the opposite of how I think. I, I'm i ready to take risks and burn everything and leave it behind. And th- this was six years ago probably, but it always stuck in my head. It was, I'm going to prove him wrong. You know, that, that was just kind of a, that among many things just kind of led me down this course of, um, you there is a way out of this corporate grind that I was, you know, you mentioned being there for your kids. And I had flexibility in my career, but it was a 24-7. I had to always be
2: on. It was insurance
0: sales, you know, stuff like that. But and the that's a that matter, mindset,
2: right? That, and there's nothing yeah. wrong with that. There's people that are meant for the corporate world. Yep. And there's people that are meant to carve their own path. And that's right. where the burn the bridge, burn the boat differentiation can come in. He's absolutely correct. You don't want to burn the bridge. Yep. Because if where you're going doesn't work out, well, you still want to have that resource and that connection. So leave on good terms, yep. make sure everybody's okay. And that you could go back to that if you need to, but burn the stinking boat, you know, when you walk away, so that you have no option. You have to succeed. But yeah. you still got that connection in case you don't, right? Right, so, right. And yep. and that's the, the thing. It when I burned the boats and
0: walked away from that career, it yeah, that, that I'm walking away from something that i built almost 20 years, high income walking into something that wasn't quite at the income that that was, but I have belief that I can make it into something 10X that. But also know, and I'm very aware that if for some crazy reason, it just doesn't work out like I had planned, I, I botched the whole thing two, three years from now, I have a good resume. I can go back into sales. I can find a comparable job and work my way back through if needed. I have no intentions of doing that, but you know, it's it, that security of just knowing and trusting my skill sets. I'm OK with taking on new risk. And that ultimately led to to Bill and I both doing it, that, that mindset. But it's, um, you know, you burn the boats. I, I remember, I know you, you, I don't know if you want to go into that, but I think you were in the um, restaurant business. Is that right? Yeah. And, and at one point, you walked away from that to go into this handyman career that ultimately led to where you're at now. But you did it with a wife, uh, two young kids, and you didn't have a lot of money. You said you were living off credit cards and things like that. You burned all of that to go into this opportunity, but you didn't do it recklessly.
2: You did it with the confidence that you knew you would figure things out. And Yeah, absolutely. I started small. So, you know, I had some skills and I put them to use and I knew after I got that first job, I knew that okay, I I I never have to go back. No matter what, I could always replace a door lock, replace a screen, kind of like you in your industry, you know. And I'm good at sales and all that, so you know I could always do those things. But at the end of the day, you know, I started out doing handyman stuff: hundred dollars here, two hundred dollars there. Five, you can make a living you know, as a handyman. You know, 200000 dollars a year running your own little handyman business. So once I built that foundation and then started growing from there, you, know, you just take the next step and the next step. And each step was a burning of the boats along the way. The first one was getting out on my own. Then the next one was leasing a little office warehouse you know, to work out of. Then the next one was evolving from hand, handyman into new construction. I'd never done that before. You know, and then going into a bigger office and then hiring you know, a team of people, ultimately going from just me to a team of 20 full-time people with an overhead, our company overhead was a million dollars a year. My little small company of 20 people. But we were doing $30 million in revenues, you know, and gross revenues. And we were profiting, you know, 20% of that, you know, uh, gross profit, right? Yeah. Net profit was around 10. So you could do the math on that in terms of what I was able to make and, you know, what what the employees and all that were being paid. They were all getting good bonuses. But yeah, <laughs> I went from just me, you know, in one year to seven years later, 20 employees, $30 million dollars. You know, six million dollar profit. You know, gross profit in the company, and then sold it. You know, and then built other companies along the way, like you said. You know, mostly ancillary to the construction industry: a plumbing company, pool spa, landscaping company, electrical company, storm shutter company, painting company. You know, a bunch of different companies. Some did well. Some didn't do so great. Uh, Gymnastics, cheerleading, trampoline school. You know, that was more of a again a passion project that became a nonprofit, and uh, you know, to this day, you know, is still evolving in parts, you know, in that area. So yeah, incredible journey, you know, doing a lot of different things. The key to that, all that is, like I said, for where I was at my level, those were good things. With what I know now, I could, I could easily have easily had turned that into billions. I just right. didn't know, even back then with as much education, everything I was doing, I didn't know what was possible for me, you know, and especially during that time, in terms of the things that I know now and what, what, you know, the types of things that I do now. So it's really but, uh, you interesting. Know, I, I bet
0: you say that, but I, I bet going back, you you wouldn't change anything because you had to grind
2: through those things that, you know, I, and it, it's not a grind. No, like, I would, you, I would change yeah. if I could have the knowledge I have now of knowing well, where, yeah. what to get into right. and how to, you know, right. learn, like raise capital and, you know, do bigger deals right out of the gate and yeah. you know, getting the markets, you know, early on at the right time. I mean, I could have taken the profits for my first company sale, put it in the markets. Yeah. You know, alone that would have been worth several hundred million just doing that, right? N- nothing else. You know, I yeah. just didn't know. So, yeah. um, you know, again, yeah, another, I would change that. But the journey, yeah. no,
0: right? Yeah, not another um, mindset nugget you gave me. Um, and and I, I I talked openly with you about it was just a hesitation to pay for a coach uh, early on to pay for a mentor. It's something I've never done. You know, so when I my whole career like i was in a corporate world that had all the training and mentorship kind of just built into it right so it was That's there provided for you exactly so the when i thought about coaching paying for a coach i i thought you know that only went to sports for me you know that that was the only coaching experience i had outside of my job so the idea to drop a couple thousand dollars um on you know in some cases a couple of grand a month on a coach or a mentorship program or a mastermind you couldn't have convinced me for anything to do that until I talked to you and we and you you kind of went over the pricing and everything and I I, I think you could sense that I had some hesitancy, but you said something, I'm gonna botch it. So it's a paraphrase, but something you pay attention to what you pay for or something like that. And sure enough, you know, I I bought in um and you were the first coach I ever wrote a check to. It was, it was the first time I've ever done it. And that check, and and I'm not gonna spend a lot of time here, but that money, um, without a doubt, I got a 10x return on it or more just over mindset things that I'm still applying today. And what it opened my eyes to is to what you alluded to earlier is have a, like I had a vision of where I want to go. Didn't know quite how I was gonna get there, but I I had a vision, Um, but it opened my eyes to, realizing I don't have to figure out this alone, right? So Bill and I partnered up. Bill and I are, the partnership wouldn't have worked if we were the exact same mentality, right? I'm I'm just all over the place. I'm the networker, all those things. He's very organized. He handles the finances and it works for us. Well, when when we bought our first apartment, we bought a, a small 16 unit in Norfolk, Virginia. We did that not knowing what the world we were doing. So we bought it. Got through it and, and made some mistakes, but it's working out now. But we knew right away if we were going to scale that, we needed to find a mentor, a coach, uh, some kind of mastermind that focuses on commercial, apartments, syndications, those things. So we joined Legacy Family with Tim Brots. I don't know if you know Tim Brots, but through, and, and Tim's great, but what we've really gotten through that mastermind is. 30 more mentors that are a member of that mastermind group that we've gone on. We've hired um, a coach to help us launch our our debt fund. So she's meeting with us every week. We're paying her a lot of money and she helps us build this fund. We hired a marketing firm through that uh, mastermind that also we're paying money. They're helping us brand ourselves and everything around the fund and everything else we're doing. So the point is, in a, I'd say a three year period, I went where I wouldn't have given a for a coach to now spending tens of thousands of dollars to have people that are experts come in. And this goes back to delegating. You know, I'm delegating to the folks that are experts to help me build and scale while I can just focus on the vision. You know, look, you're gonna so, pay
2: for your education no matter what. You're gonna right. you're gonna pay for it, right? Right. You're either gonna pay for it in you know, monetary value, you're gonna pay for it in time, you're gonna pay for it in mistakes, you know, like I did, learning the hard way, or you can just speed all that up and invest in yourself and access which is what you mentioned about Tim's mastermind you know same thing with me people that you know are part of my 1 on 1 program people pay 125 grand for me to mentor them now for 1 year yeah yep some people have only talked to me once or twice and they've gotten 10 to 12 to you know 20x returns on that and beyond infinite returns on that investment for two reasons one it's they're paying it's it's an investment in knowledge and it's also an investment in associations, network and resources, because that allows them to tap into the network of one-on-one clients that I have now, the people that are part of that 125 one-on-one program. There's an elite mastermind of them. So they all like mastermind with each other as well. Yeah. And they meet each other and they're doing deals together. Like, you know, there's, there's guys in there that never did a development deal. Now he's on, on his way to doing 30, $40 million in deals this year through one connection. He made in that mastermind. Right. you know, that that group of, of, you know, clients that I have. But all that to say I've spent hundreds of thousands of dollars, so I didn't go to college. But my, and people spend, you know, hundreds of thousands on college now that won't and get them anywhere coming. near where right. you're going to go or where I've gone with yeah. zero college education. Right. But beyond college, I've invested hundreds of thousands of dollars in my own education, personal professional development. To your point, my companies, I always brought in outside consultants and coaches into my companies. And I hired them, you know, and paid them and invested in my companies and in their personal professional development. That's that's a huge. So it's an ongoing thing. The other thing I always told you, too, was this won't be your last investment in coaching and mentorship. You know, I might be the first, but I won't be the last because right. you got to keep growing. You always got to develop yourself. And, you know, I've got my mentors you know, around me uh, as well that you know are doing things at multiple levels beyond where I've ever done. And I had those mentors in my career. I hired them to either formally come work with me or I paid them as employees. So I didn't go to college, but most of my employees had college degrees, especially my yep. CFO. He had an MBA, yep. right? So I learned from those people and I was paying him 200 and something thousand a year plus bonuses, plus health insurance. I mean, he probably ended up, you know, at that time the investment was $300,000 for a year. The president of my company was, you know, he made, I don't know, two, two fifty. vice president yep. made a couple hundred thousand and my, you know, Management level people were all making 100000 150000 That was an investment. That million dollars a year in overhead was an investment in people. Then I spent on top of that to develop them beyond their levels. And, you know, even the contractors that work for me, my subs and vendors and suppliers, I would do regular trainings with them to help them get better in their businesses and bring in outside consultants. So, you know, the investment you make in yourself and your business the return is so exponential, it's kind of a no-brainer. If somebody that doesn't see that and understand that, you know, they're just holding themselves back and they will never advance and never achieve. You cannot get beyond the next level without investing in yourself. You've got to get the knowledge, education, and training. And it's like you said, if you know, if people don't are unwilling to invest in themselves and their business, they can't expect anybody else to invest in them, right? And you can't expect to advance your career. And yeah, people pay attention to what they pay for you know so that that's where that commitment comes in where you decide to go ahead and make that investment now you got to perform you know now you got to get it done because you made the investment yeah yeah
0: it's no no question about it and and that you know it well from the the monetary piece of it like you got to perform because you don't want to waste your money like you Mm -hmm. want a return on that investment but also there for me it's a pride a sense of pride like i'm if i'm convincing myself that this is worth paying for i owe it to myself to maximize that opportunity not just to get a return but to to not waste you know i I just you don't want to waste time you don't want to waste resources so you know if i'm dropping money on it why not lean in and focus on it because i also don't want to at the end of it say i wasted 10 grand on uh you know whatever because i i thought it was great so i i want to make the most of it and also be a good student you know like i I want to, you know, help the mentor or coach do what they do by being a good student. The same way I approached athletics back in the day, you know, when I was playing sports. But um, it, it's, it's all good stuff. And, and I think, you know, a lot of folks that you know, I'm nowhere near where you are. I'm on my way there, hopefully. But if I could give advice to people that are where I was three years ago, that would be it. Save up some money. Don't go throw it in your first investment. Go, I mean, if you want, if you have extra money, do that. But make that first investment on yourself. And you've said it a million times, you know, invest in yourself first. Um, and you also talk a lot about, um, I'm pretty sure I remember you saying like on your iPod or your, you know, your music, you have no music library. All you listen to is self-development stuff. Um, yeah. And I, I took that from you. I literally, I canceled all of, we don't have, um, we you know, we subscribe to a few streaming things for the kids to watch their shows and stuff like that, but we don't watch TV in my house. I'm either watching a YouTube video, I'm listening to a podcast while I'm out walking, working out, reading a book. That's all I do, and I'm flooding my mind with stuff that is going to make me better in real estate, business, uh, health and fitness. I am you know, focus on that a lot family, just being a good dad, being a good leader, but leaning in on that, where that's 99% of what I consume has just, again, blown everything else up. It, it can't help but not to, because it's all I think about, it, you know? Yeah. And it and, works
2: in every area of your life. I mean, yeah, when, I, when I decided to quit smoking and lose weight. So when I got heavy, I didn't know anything about nutrition, exercise, yep. that stuff, like the way you really needed to do it as your life as you, as your body changes, you get older, you know, I mean, I knew exercise and calisthenics and all that, but I'd never, you know, I didn't train when I was growing up. Nobody ever taught me weight training or proper nutrition or any of that stuff. So I had to learn all that. So I spent, you know, thousands of dollars investing in myself, uh, you know, to learn nutrition through books and resources, you know, and programs. And same thing with, uh, you, you know, with working out, you know, same thing, buying, you know, books and resources and personal trainers, you know, to educate myself on how to train properly, just like martial arts. I started as a kid in martial arts. I had a mentor, I had a, I went to a gym and had a coach, you know, I had an instructor. So it's like, you can't expect to get anywhere without investing in the education to learn. And it's out there, it's books, it's videos, it's seminars, it's everywhere you go, there's a lesson learned. Every person you meet, that's a big one that people, people lose sight of. Everybody you meet is an opportunity to learn if you listen, you know, Mm -hmm. and ask good questions and ask the right questions and be interested in other people. That's how you learn. And you learn from every opportunity, but yeah. Yeah. From a formal standpoint, going all the way back, you know, when it was, uh, you know, cassette tapes, the Sony Walkman cassette player, I had books on tape. And then it was the CD player, the Sony Walkman CD player. And then it became the 80 gig iPod. I still have that 80 gig iPod. Never had any music on any of that. It was all personal, professional development. When I wasn't and that was out exercising and doing stuff and driving around in my car, I had that stuff playing. My kids grew up listening to all that stuff. You know, Tony Robbins, Jim Rohn, Brian Tracy, Zig Ziglar, uh, you know, and then different, you know, um, different programs from industry people like in, you know, multifamily investing, going all the way back to Dave Lindahl and, you know, back in the day. And he's still coaching and mentoring. I mean, that was one of the first books I read on multifamily. Rich Dad, Poor Dad got all his books, all his audios. My kids grew up listening to all of that, reading all of that, hearing me reiterate, you know, all of that stuff. And without any of that, I would never have been able to do anything I did. And that's how I yes. did everything so fast was yep. because I just poured into here and, you know, found other people out there doing the things that I wanted to do and then took it, you know, uh, to exponential levels beyond that. And even today, I still do the same thing. Now, I do enjoy, you know, television here and there. I do enjoy movies. I'll listen to a little music now and then. But, you know, nine, you know, you know from the time I get up, I get up at 6 a.m. every morning. I'm in the gym by 6.30 you know, I'm at my computer. You know, by seven, seven thirty. Set so, well. You got know, to take a shower and all that. So seven thirty, I'm at my computer, and in between meetings and things, it's just constant, constant. I'm looking at what's the economy doing, what's the markets doing. You know, podcasts. You know, YouTube. Still absorbing information. Mostly in this day and age, you know, because of the expertise that I have in the different you know industries, it's mostly you know economic stuff, macroeconomics, markets. You know, things like that that I'm mostly following and consuming that information. Um, and then, you know, industry stuff, you know, that I'm interested in, but, um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's a never ending journey and I'll, you know, we're getting close on some time here probably. So I'll, you know, I'll, I'll kind of end it on this with, with what I'm saying here to love, to read, to love, to learn. So he who loves to read, she who loves to read, he or she who loves to learn has the entire world in their hand. That's all it takes.
0: Yeah. Yeah. No, that, that's. That's perfect. It's a good way to to wrap this up. Um, and and Greg, I I I have and we'll have you on again because there's a lot of like very specific real estate stuff I'd love to dive into you with um, or about. Um, but you know, it's you you've been and I'll, I'll thank you again because you've been very valuable to to both Bill and I. Um, and you know, this podcast you, you sparked this, and you, you may not know that, but. You you were telling us early on you need a thought leadership platform, something that just has you out there, has has you uh, sharing value for those out there that um, will help you as you scale. And um, I know that you you encouraged us to go buy Joe Fairless's book. And we did that. and You were one of Joe's mentors. Um, But we um, read that book and he teaches the same stuff that probably got from you, you know, thought leadership platform. So we started this podcast. You have a podcast that has over you probably, you gotta be pushing a couple thousand episodes by now. And um, and a YouTube channel that you have slowly, incrementally just blown that up with your content. And it's all valuable stuff. And I would encourage, again, we're gonna drop all that in our show notes, but I would encourage everybody to go to um, your website, which we'll have again in the show notes and check out all the, you know, If you want the good stuff, you need to pay for it. But there's a lot of valuable free content out there that Greg provides. And um, some of his podcasts are a minute long, just him rambling. Some of them are interviews like this, but uh, go check it out. Uh, You won't regret it. So, Greg, one thing we the thing we kind of end every podcast off is try to ask um, our guests to give the audience one yeah, the nugget you just dropped was great, but one actionable item they can walk away, whether it be a book to go buy and read, a podcast to go listen to, but something that can provide value in their life. Not Rich Dad, Poor
2: Dad, because everybody goes to that book, but something else, if you could, one thing. Well, you know, there's there's tons of books to read and everything, right? There's nothing new under the sun. This is the one thing I'll give you. There is nothing new under the sun. It's all the same stuff, repackaged, redone. Yep. Over and over, whether it's a real estate technique or or system, whether it's a book or whatever, those those are out there. But here's what I'll tell you to do: this is your action item right here. I want you to write down what it is you want to do in the next year. Where do you want to be and make it a big goal? So write down what you want where where you want your life to be one year from today. It's January. This is not a new year's resolution goal or whatever. People go one, three, five-year goals, whatever. Take the five-year goal, make it this year. I want you to think big. What do you want your life to look like? Where do you want, you, where do you want to be? In different areas of your life. Could be finances, could be your vocation, could be health, spiritual, whatever it is, relationships. And, and I encourage you to do this for each one of them. Right now, where you want that, what you want that life to look like in a year and think about it and visualize it and see yourself there. Like not just, yeah, I want a million dollars, you know, or yeah, I want a hundred million dollars. Visualize what does your life look like at a hundred million? What does your house look like, your vehicles? What are you able to do? How can you give? Who can you help? What does your life really look and feel like in one year at that goal? I want you to write that down. Then I want you to look honestly at yourself. Where are you right now? Take an inventory. Here's where you want to be. Where are you right now? Then I want to ask yourself, why are you not there and you're here? There's only gonna be one reason because you haven't made the decision to take action, to get to where you want to be. So if you do that, I guarantee you, you just find somebody who's where you want to be once you make that decision and you reverse engineer because there's only one or two things that you need to be focused on to get you from where you are today to where you want to be. And all of the information's out there. There's tools, training, there's YouTube, there's books, there's mentors, there's programs like you mentioned of people that are at, let's say it's $100 million, just make it easy has a you know, net worth of hundred million. There's a bunch of ways to get there. So if that's where you wanna be, where are you now? Why are you not there yet? Make the decision to get there and then focus on the one or two things you need to do. And it's only gonna be knowledge, skills and ability, resources or connections. Those are the only three things you need to get to where you wanna be from where you are today. The knowledge to do it and the skills, the resources, you know, that you're gonna need and the connections, that's really it. So one of those three things is all you really need to focus on to get there. So that's the action item I'll leave everybody with. There's plenty of books out there on mindset, this, that, and the other, but those three things right there, you'll be done at the end of this year to where you wanna be if you do that and take action.
0: Yeah, and I love how you said, look at it for everything, you know, whether it's business, Personally, fitness, health, whatever it is, um, you can do that exercise. So, Greg, that, that's great. Uh, I can't thank you enough for coming on here. I know you're a busy guy. I know you have a lot um, a lot of stuff to share. And, again, um, we'll, we'll reconnect. Uh, we'll, we'll make this a regular thing. Maybe a couple times a year we we'll connect and, and do this. So I, I really appreciate it. I have um, Whitney Sewell, who you turned me on uh, to a couple of years ago. I have him coming on the podcast. Uh, here in about a month or so. But um, he told me to tell you how when I told him I was. Oh, awesome. Yeah,
2: Whitney's a great example of, he created a thought leadership platform, never yep. done a deal, was working a full-time job, stuck at it for like a year or two. And now, you know, after two or three years, he was able to start doing his own deals and build a portfolio. So yeah, thought leadership platform is huge and you know, a great example of taking action.
0: Yep. So
2: Greg, we'll wrap it up with that. Uh, again,
0: I appreciate you coming on. I hope all of our listeners, uh, Check Greg out because there's way more than this forty-five minute or so podcast that we just did out there that he has available for you. So um, and connect with Greg if you want to take it further and get some of that one-on-one um, education. He's got a library. Uh, we we were uh, able to tap into it for a while, but he's got a library of resources, videos, and uh, just tutorials on every aspect of real estate business you can imagine. So um, check Greg out. Greg, we thank you. And uh, thanks for coming on Burning the Boats. Jason, thanks for having me. Yes, sir. All right. That wraps it up for uh, Greg Dickerson. What a great guest for this podcast. Uh, Greg Greg has been, um, you know, back to several years ago, as I alluded to a couple times in the the interview, um, been very influential um, in mine and Bill's journey um, into real estate. Um, he he was the first, as I mentioned, the first paid uh, mentor or coach I had in the real estate world, um, and just opened my eyes to really what's out there, what potential this whole world can be, you know, within real estate business and beyond. Um, but uh, he, Greg, you know, he is a wealth of knowledge. He's he's somebody that he's that rare person that knows a lot about a lot and it's not a front he's putting on. He actually is well-studied, well-trained. He's put everything into action like we talked about, um, and there's just not much that he isn't well-versed in. So if you're interested in getting started, um, check out, or or if you have gotten started and looking to take it to another level and just need that extra push, check Greg out. He's um, Check his website out. We'll drop all that in the show notes, um, but I encourage you to, even his free content. He's got, You know, hundreds of hours of podcasts and YouTube video, thousands of hours of podcasts and YouTube videos out there. So go check it out, Um, and you know, if it if it pushes you to do so, uh, take it a step further and reach out to Greg and see what he has to offer from a coaching standpoint. Um, As always, the Burning the Boats podcast is presented by Six O Eight B Capital for anybody that has any investing needs. Uh, or borrowing needs for short-term real estate loans, uh, reach out to us. Our website is 608dcapital.com and all of our uh, social media is at 608 Group. We're on all platforms. Um, But with that, we'll wrap this thing up and hope everybody has a great week and we'll see you next time on Burning the Boats.